Welcome to episode eight of the Paperclip podcast. I am your host, Brett Stone, and we're presented by BSDA. We have one clear goal, and that is to help you to become bigger. Whether you're a regular listener of the show or a new listener, um, thank you. You're appreciated. And on the show today, we're going to start with uh, 10 points on why email matters. So we'll discuss why email marketing still matters and share some tips on how to do it well. Our very special guest today is Cameron Lees from uh, Finance Cam. Um, he's, he's also got his fingers in a few other pies. He's quite the, quite the entrepreneur. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm really excited, really interested to hear some of the things that Cam's got. He's got a, a great story about uh, the name of Finance Cam, how that came about as well. So I'm, I'm excited for him to share that with you. Say hi, Cam. Hello. <laughs> and at the end of the show, of course, we will wrap things up with our, a favorite quote of mine as well. So kicking things off, here's 10 points on why email matters. So first up, a very short history lesson. Cameron, do you know when the first email blast, in other words, like a email marketing campaign mm. was sent? What year do you think that was sent? I don't have those. I don't know. <laughs> it was sent in 1978. Wow. Which actually predates the internet as we know it. So that was happening long before we had the internet and, mm. and all of that kind of stuff. And the first email marketing blast, so this, that was point one, point two, is the first email marketing blast came courtesy of Gary Thurk of Digital Equipment Corp. And it was delivered to 400 people as a promotion for the computers that they had on sale. Now, point three is that the, the email resulted in $13 million in sales, which in today's money is about $78 million. And point four is that these days, email open rates have dropped from what was probably 100 or 90% open rates that Gary would have experienced back then mm. to these days more like five to 15% mm. on average. So point five, when the open rate is so low, why would you bother? Right? Mm. So a lot of people would be asking that question, you know, if, why are we talking about email marketing if the, um, the numbers are so low on average? So I guess that's one thing to consider is that's an average number. So some industries and some professions perform much better than others, and it's up to, you know, the I guess the, the marketing person or the team that you use to make sure that they're doing things, um, or if you're doing it yourself, obviously, to make sure you're doing things the right way. Um, so point six is to keep in mind that unlike things like Facebook and Google or radio advertising or television advertising, we almost all of us have an email address these days. And once you have an email address for someone, it's a relationship of mutual trust and respect. So by that, I mean, they trust you enough to give their email address to you. So you need to respect them enough to not spam them. So point seven is how do you share your products and services or specials or competitions without spamming people? So eight, is that it's all about knowing your audience and remembering that when they open the email, they're looking for what's in it for them. They're not interested in you just talking about what you wanna talk about and what you wanna promote or push. Um, that's, that's really how you get low open rates and people losing interest and unsubscribing. So 
what you if and for point nine what you can um what can you tell your audience that will make them sit up and pay attention because it's not always about giving things away it has to be about how you can help your customers solve a problem um there's a there was a great quote um i, I can't remember his name but he, he he has this great quote about how you know people get addicted to to discounts but they never get addicted to free so if you give one thing away, that's fine. They won't expect a free thing the next time. But if you give them a 10% discount, they'll always come back expecting that mm. discount again. So the final point is that if you sell personalised diaries, for example, you're solving a problem of marketing their brand or your brand while keeping up to date. So the problem that you're solving is helping that person that's bought the personalised diary have their brand on the front of it so that every time they have it with them, every time somebody sees it, they see their brand. And at the same time, that diary is used to be able to keep you up to date, to keep you on time. And those are the problems that you're solving by selling that item. Likewise, if you're a commercial finance broker, the problem that you might be solving is how to get a piece of equipment for a business quickly to minimise downtime and losses. So for example, if somebody came to you and they were looking for uh, a loan for a bigger piece of equipment or you know if you had somebody that was trying to get a uh, if they've got a spray painting business where they um, you know repair cars and they need another spray booth soon um, they would want to come to you and, and get finance for that so that they can mm. get that business to expand and keep going so the same thing applies that's what you need to think about when you're sending out those those email blasts if you're not solving a problem for somebody in those emails if you're not offering a solution it's really difficult for them to grasp um, why they should be paying attention or why they should give you their time and so it just so happens that we have the owner of a commercial finance business with us today so, our very special guest, Mr. Cameron Lees. Oh, I wish you could have seen that. He made the little drums and <laughs> everything like the intro. So Cameron Lees <laughs> from Finance Cam is our guest today. Now, we, we are going to talk a little bit about Finance Cam, but this is only one of the things that, that Cameron has been able to do incredibly successfully um, in his career. And his career is, is only, you know, quite, quite short so far, you know, we're... You're 42, mm-hmm. so he's 42 years old, and so Cameron has a really great history of, you know, he was working one or two jobs at a time during high school, so he, his work ethic and his dedication to um, finding opportunities and really trying to, um, you know, make the most out of a situation goes right back to, you know, being in your teenage years, which is pretty common with many entrepreneurs. Um, so why don't you tell us what Finance Cam is and, and where the idea came from? No, oh, well, so Finance Cam is just a, a commercial brokerage. So we uh, finance basically people that are self-employed companies. And uh, the idea came from that uh, I was working for a car dealership doing finance for them for 24 years. And uh, I thought... Well, I went out and did my studies and got my certificates and uh, did my diploma. And I thought, well, why don't I give it a crack for myself and just see what happens? And uh, just sort of started from there. 
Okay. Now, I, I alluded to the, the fact that you have a, a great story. So I, I personally think this is a great marketing story hmm. about where the name of your business finance can, oh, came yeah. from. Yep. So uh, share, share the story with us. So what, what I did is that um, why it's called Finance Cam is because people would never really remember the name Cameron. Mm-hmm. So what I'd do is I'd, before the customer would leave, I'd grab, or if anyone made an inquiry in relation to finance, I'd grab their phone and I would save my number under finance and then I'd always put Cam just to remember Cameron. Right. So that's where it became Finance Cam. So they, had, they really had no choice but, you know, if they well, had to ever go back into their phone... Yeah. They'd find finance in there, yeah. and that it would be you. You'd be the first one. Correct. So I actually think that's a really um, that's a really smart marketing tactic because it means that um, you know it's not a, a business card that can be lost, and it's not a an email that can be deleted. Yeah. It's it's uh, a contact in your phone. So yeah. anytime the phone rings and it's you, or anytime they need it, you're there as well. So I yeah. think that was really smart. What excites you about finance cam? Uh, seeing my staff get rewarded and learning and, uh, and growing. Awesome. So you, you didn't see, so you obviously talked a little bit before about, um, getting your diploma, yep. but you didn't go to university when you completed high school. No. So tell us about... A waste of time. <laughs> University's a waste of time. Waste of time. Well, okay then. Let's let's hear that. Let's tell us tell us about that. Why why do you think university is a waste of time? Well, look, for not for everybody, but for me it was because the way I learn was from just seeing others doing things successfully, and all I, I was very good at mimicking what other people did. So all I did was I went out and I saw what the best of the best were doing, and uh, hung around them and. Um, Work for them, some of them for free most of the time, just so I could learn mm-hmm. and uh, just soak up their uh, their energy, soak up their um, thinking patterns, soak up their uh, you know the, the way that they they process things in their mind and, and the actions that they took, and then and, you know in what particular order the how they how they actually performed the task, and I'd watch them. Okay. And uh, and I thought, okay, well if they do A, B, and C, the result is. X, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the only reason why I, 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 to be honest with you, I just uh, didn't really like reading books. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I didn't like sitting in classes and I wanted to earn money. So I thought, okay, what's the quickest way I can do it? I'll just copy someone that's doing it. They've got two arms and two legs and a head and a mouth, so have I. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if I just move my arms and legs and head and use my mouth in the same way, mm-hmm. I'll get the same result. Okay. And, it, you know, the, 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 not saying it works out perfectly all the time, but at least if you give it a crack, what if you get 25% of what they got? Still yeah. good, and you're still learning. And then what you do is you employ someone else that's actually better than you with that 25% that you've earned and get them to do it for you because they're going to be much better at it, you know? Mm. That was how I... Because I'm, I'm a bit lazy as well. <laughs> I, don't know if some, I don't know if I've ever had somebody on the show say that they're lazy. But, they, you know, that's, that's a great revelation, I suppose, to, to in the middle of the show. So, if, so knowing what you know now and, and what you've just shared, mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine that you would do things any differently. But if you had to go back now and you finished high school yep. and the opportunity's there to go to university, yep. would you do that? No. Yeah. No, not for me. No, not just for my brain, the way I think and the way I learn. 
did did nothing for me. And you know what? I, I to be honest with you, I didn't have the confidence to really learn. And I think you've got to have that confidence in yourself to know that you can absorb that sort of stuff and and learn it from the textbook and then actually put it into practical everyday life. And I, as I said, I'm a lazy person by nature. Mm-hmm. So I tend to just find, try and find the shortcuts. And 99% of the time it doesn't work. But the other 1% of the time it does work, it's really good. Mm. And does that 1% make up for the 99? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty confident you didn't have a co-founder when you started no. Finance Cam. No. Was that a conscious decision that you made? Like you didn't want to go into that with somebody else? Were you just trying to sort of go it alone? Uh, wasn't a conscious decision because I thought I don't want to be responsible for anyone else's money, losing anybody else's money just in case. Right, okay. So I thought if I do it by myself, if, you know, instead of owning the place that I'm living in, I'd be renting it. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, I don't want to go past and have someone else say, oh, you know, maybe, you know, if you had done this or done that, you know, this wouldn't have happened. So I just didn't want that. I wanted to make sure that my uh, my formula was foolproof first, which it's not, but, you know, as foolproof as I can be for myself. Mm. You know, is there a better chance of winning than losing? Yes, for me, mm. in my particular, you know, because if I'm renting the place, well, then I've had a crack and I've done it myself. It's my fault. Mm. But if I have a win, well, that's good too. But if you have a win, at least I can share some of that to maybe attract a better person that can do a, a different thing with a different talent that I can make some money out of. Mm. So I just needed to start it somewhere. Okay. And up until now, mm. what's been the single greatest challenge that you faced with Finance Cam? Or just in general, even? Uh, the, the hardest, the most difficult thing in my life is discipline of getting to work at 8.30 in the morning, staying there till 6 o'clock at night, which I know is paramount and you need to do that for the business and for the culture of the people around you. And uh, I really struggle with that because if I get bored, um, I tend to um, deviate, which will be in a lot of different ways, which is, ne- is never a good thing, I don't think. So I, I would say that a number of people listening would say that you don't have to work a nine-to-five anymore. You You can work from two in the afternoon until midnight if that suits you. You could work from one in the morning until lunchtime. Yeah. Do you think do you still think that it's it's as important to be there during those hours? Oh, or is that like a personal thing for you? Is for that... me for me it is. For me I, I like the idea of being there nice and early in the morning and then um and then finishing, you know, around you know, between five and five and seven. Okay. And what part of the day do you think are you most effective during? Uh, two to four. Really? Yeah. Why two to four? I'm just alert. Right, okay. And is that something that you've pri- thought about prior to me asking that question? Yeah. <laughs> What's, what, yeah. okay, so... You feel it. You feel it. Yeah. Explain that. You're just awake. Like, you can see things, you can process things quick, you can... It's like you've got a processor in your head and it just works a lot better between two and four for me. Okay. It's an interesting observation. I like that. Um, what's the best advice that you've been given by somebody else? Uh, you become what you're around. Be very wary of that. And um, if in relation to anything, it could be from income to your um, 
to your thinking, to your family life, mm-hmm. to anything. If you're in a certain situation in your life and uh, you sort of sometimes think, you know, this is what I think sometimes when I'm in this situation, I think, oh, why am I in this situation? You know, if I'm in a good situation or a bad situation, I, I look at the five closest people around me and generally that situation that I'm living is an average or a sum of the average of those five people, or their quality of life or their income or their, you know, physical status or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. I think that's... There's something that um, I heard Tony Robbins say probably, you know, 15 or 20 years ago was, um, you know, that people like people that are like them or how they'd like to be. Yep. And when we look at our friendship groups and the people that we surround ourselves by, mm. I think that's, I would say that nine times out of 10, that's true. We're either, you know, we're happy with where we are in life and so we surround ourselves or we gravitate to people that are like that. Yeah. But I often think inside those friendship groups, you know, if you've got maybe five, like you said, five close people to you, I often think one of those people, maybe more than that, but typically one of those people is almost aspirational. Um, You know, they they look at that person a little bit like, I wish I could, you know, have the freedom that they have. I wish I could have the money they have or the lifestyle or, um, you know, whatever it is, the, the charisma, whatever it might be. I think there's somebody in each of our friendship groups that we look at or, you know, business associates, people that we surround ourselves by intentionally. So we, you know, make sure we catch up with this person weekly or yeah. monthly yep. or those 100%. kind of things. Yep, 100,000%. Mm. And what's the best advice that you can give our listeners? So the shoe's on the other foot now. <laughs> what do you mean? So right? what's what's the what's the the Cameron Lee's advice? What's the best advice that you can give people that are listening to this? Best advice would just be to um, if you're going to do something, do it really well. Like if you're going to if you're going to enjoy something, really fucking enjoy it. Yep. Like if it's a cu- cup of coffee or a fucking donut or a, just fucking really get into it and enjoy it mm. and kill yourself at work. Just fucking destroy yourself because nothing bad will ever come of that. Destroy you, you yourself. You obviously mean the amount of effort that you put in. Just give it all you got. Yep. Kill yourself. Destroy yourself. Wow. Okay. And is that, is that because you've, you've been on both sides? Have you been on both sides of that? Have you yep. been like the lazy employee versus the person that kills themselves over it? Yep, absolutely. What What do you think is different about being the lazy employee, for example? Lazy employee, your mind's asleep. Like that was for me. My mind totally went to fucking sleep because I earned a certain amount of money every year. You know, there was a time, you know, I was earning 450 grand a year and I was asleep. I was just day-to-day stuff, like just go in there, do the job, sign the contract, da-da-da-da, and it was easy. Mm. And I was asleep. Mm-hmm. Like I had no, I wasn't really enjoying it. You mm. know, I was earning good money and uh, my life was fucked. Like, you know, relationship was in turmoil. Um, I was spending money like an imbecile, just had no focus, no vision, but then again, you know, I was around those type of people as well that had that, that sort of thing, you know, that I, I became when I was around, mm. you know, high income earners with, with no dough, right. just stupidity. And, uh, 
yeah, I suppose when I started working for myself, you know, when I started getting a few employees, I felt responsible. Mm-hmm. So I had to um, pull my head in and just say, okay, these people, they need to eat. They've mm-hmm. got husbands, wives, kids I want to look after. They've got, you know, goals. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. One thing that I've said to people in the past is, um, and it's probably, you know, my favourite piece of advice to give people is to go to the places that challenge you the most. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you're worried about, if you've got a fear of public speaking, yeah. you should go and do as much public speaking as possible yeah. because that's the only way you'll get around it. If you're, you know, if you don't know how to ask for the business on a phone call or if you don't know how to close um, a phone, like a sales call, yeah. you need to do that more often. Yeah. You need to try and fail and try and fail yeah. and try something Fuck different it up. and fail again. Just keep fucking it up as hard as you can. And get it done when you're young. Fuck it up when you haven't got a lot to lose. Yeah. You know, that's why I always tell my kids, you know, Sophie and Georgia, George, George is 16, Sophie's 11. Mm. I try and get them to, you know, start little businesses, start thinking about now, you know, so they can fuck it up as hard as they can now. Yeah. You know, because once they get mortgages and, they, you know, husbands and all sort of stuff and whatever they want to do in life, mm. you want to make sure that, um, you know, you're going to minimise the risk. Mm. You know... And uh, have a little bit less stress. So fuck it up now and learn quickly. Mm. Fuck it up as hard as you can. And would you say, for for people that might be in a different situation where maybe they're, um, you know, they're they're older. You know, maybe they're in their fifties. Yep. And they've worked for a company, you know, for a long time. Yep. Or, you know, they've they've done the same kind of thing for a long time. Maybe thirty years, forty yes. years. Um, would you give them the same advice no. if they're stepping out now and trying no. to do something themselves? Not at all, not at all. What I would say to them is you started off as a side job and minimal outlay for a maximum risk. So better chance of winning than losing, but find your talent. Now, what I mean by find your talent is find the thing that generates dough that's going to generate the money. Don't find a thing that you're fucking good at painting that no one fucking wants or anything like that. You know, if you're a whatever, you know, if you're doing it for a hobby... Mm-hmm. You know, find your talent, that something that can generate money, and that is your business. Because you might be good at making cakes, but you might be shit at running a business. Yep. So you might be a good painter, but you might be shit at running a fucking gallery. Yep. So what you do is you find firstly, where am I going to make my first dollar? Mm-hmm. Where's the first dollar coming from? And then what you do is you you grow it and you nurture it, minimum outlay for maximum return. Do a little bit of marketing um and uh just and it'll just it'll just happen and you know what it'll actually make you a better business owner as well a better business operator so you just do it slowly and there's no stress mm. you know you see so many people that go out there and spend three or four hundred thousand dollars on a business just because they're good at one particular thing and no one gives a fuck mm. and the fucking shop you know dies on the ass mm-hmm. because they're not good business owners mm-hmm. you've got to think Okay, where's the first dollar coming from? And, you know, people might say, you know, it's money, money, money. But, you know, you're in line trying to pay your mortgage. No one gives a fuck about how nice you are or how good you are at fucking making a cake or painting or whatever or anything like that. Mm. So what you want to do is make sure you know where the first dollar is coming from because that's the business part of it. And find, and your talent is, your talent is what is going to generate the money. So, you know, if you are 
I don't know, good good at some particular thing, make sure that it's out there and it's making money and find somebody that's doing it and doing it well. Don't find don't don't watch someone that's, you know, half assed and da 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 and get you know, get around people that are really doing it well and say to them, Can I work for you for nothing? Mm. You know, can I volunteer my time? Can I help you? Can I do can I sweep your floors? Because you'll soak up the atmosphere and the thinking and the just get around them. Mm. You know, and after a while they see that sort of commitment, they're gonna say, Hey, we want your help. Mm. Go and work for them for a couple of years. Learn how they run the business, how they spend the money, what they spend the money on, how much spend the money they spend on marketing, and, you know, IT and admin, sales. Mm. And speak to as many people as you can about what you do every day. Minimum of 11 equals a million dollars a year. You speak to 11 people a day about what you do, whether they're looking to buying or not buying or whether they're not even interested in your business. You talk to them 11 people a day. It's a million bucks a year. Interesting. It's an interesting start. Hmm. So thinking back to the first time you actively seeked out your first clients with Finance Cam, hmm. what did you do to drum up interest? How did you get people interested? How did you get them to know, you know, who you were or how to find you or anything? Well, there's a couple of ways. I had um, I had people ringing me because I was always Finance Cam in their phone. Whether they needed finance, they just go F to their phone. Mm-hmm. And then my name would pop up. So I was kind of lucky in a way that I, you know, I had that side business going. Mm-hmm. But what I did is that the people that I was working for, I made sure they had a piece of it. Mm-hmm. So I was with them for 24 years and I always made sure they had a little bit of the pie, you know, so to make sure that they know that, you know, I'm not trying to do the wrong thing because they always looked after me. They were very good and I'm still good friends with them today. So you can't be greedy. Mm. You know, you've got to share the love. You know, make a little bit, but make it consistently even to start with. Because what you're trying to do is create a foundation. Mm. And uh, so then um, we just, then I uh, contacted you. You do all my marketing for me mm-hmm. and the uh, the internet. And that, I think, I think well, you were generating me 18 to 20 leads a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, keeps you super busy. <laughs> That's good. So how do you make clients feel welcome when they first come in, when they first sign up, if, when, they, you know, when they first show interest? Yeah. How do you make them feel welcome? Give them a quote. Give them a quote. Let them know that you know, whether they finance with us or finance with someone else, we just want to make sure that they're happy and looked after because I guarantee you no one else will treat them like that. Okay. You know what? You treat them well. Mm-hmm. Say, listen, how can I help you today? You know, not we've got this, we've got that, and try and sell shit that I want. Ask them, how can I help you today? Mm-hmm. And get them in there and, you know, find out. Give them a really good quote. Do 11, 12 quotes a day. Talk to people. And they'll come in. And then um, I guarantee you, the next place they go to, they'll get treated like shit. And it'll scare the fuck out of them. And they'll run back to you. Mm. So how do you use social media services like Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram mm. to like assist or grow awareness of finance cam? We were more on Google AdWords. Yep. That really, as you would, you did it all for us. It was fantastic. Um, Facebook, I didn't have a lot of success with, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Google AdWords was amazing. It was, it was like up to 20 leads a day. It was huge. Okay. And what was some advertising or marketing that you did that wasn't as successful as you'd hoped? And what did you what did you learn from that? 
Uh, advertising in paper, as mm-hmm. in magazines or mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Stuff like that, like like newspapers. Yeah, and... newspapers. What do they call it? Like paper, like paper. local papers. Or... Yeah, all that sort of okay. stuff. Never really worked for us. Okay, but it was more digital marketing. And what about things like? Um, because I, I think you did like some stuff in like trade magazines and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Were those things? No, nah, terrible. <laughs> okay. Okay. And what do you think you learnt from that? Don't spend money on shit. <laughs> Advertise on a Google AdWords. Just spend every cent you got on Google AdWords. And what's something that, I mean, you might have already answered this, but maybe there's a different answer than Google, but what was some advertising or marketing that you did that was incredibly successful that besides google yeah because we've heard you talk about you know or you you know praise the results of google quite a bit already was there something else um no okay so i would argue that um the naming putting your name in the phone was that successful thing oh, yeah, that's true. i would say that that's you know yeah. like even you've referenced that yeah. um in one of your other answers so yeah. i think that's an incredibly successful i think that's something that a lot of people could um you know like they could benefit from you know talking to a customer and then at the end of the interaction saying to them you know if you're a sparky or you're a plumber or especially probably a tradie i think that would work really well because yeah. the first thing you're going to go to in your phone is to search for an electrician yeah or so, yeah that's yeah, what i do if i have a tradesperson I, I don't put it under richard i'll put it under electrician richard yeah right okay and what do you think's been the most valuable free tool that you've used um you know to promote or create for finance cam so that could be my mouth you know okay that's it so tell us why your why your mouth has been so important. Eleven people a day. Go out in the street, give them a card, do anything you can, get used to it, get in front of people. Eleven mm-hmm. people a day. Don't be an asshole about it, mm-hmm. but you know, go up and say, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm doing some finance. If you ever need finance, just let me know." People tell you to fuck off, fuck off. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, just get a card in their hand. Yeah, it's definitely something that I've like having been with you in public situations mm-hmm. where we might be having a meeting and we're having a coffee mm-hmm. and. You know the the wait staff might come and say, you know, like you'll talk to them, you'll mm. say, you know, engage with them and have a conversation with mm. them. When a lot of people won't do that, mm. and inevitably the conversation always comes back to, you know, what do you do? You know, mm. what are you doing outside of here? Um, you know, and you're asking them what they're doing other than you know working in the the restaurant or the cafe. Yeah. And you will almost always find a way to bring what you do. Yeah as a solution to what they're doing yeah. somewhere else, you know, and that might be they're studying or, you know, do you, you know, you're thinking about having a holiday yeah. at the end of the year or, you know, let me know but if you, you never want know. some finance for that. You never or... know who you're going to run into. Like yeah. I've, I've spoken to a few people and they've actually taken some of my applications to the next level, you know, just maybe a conversation, just to strike up a conversation about Yard Boy. Oh yeah, next thing, oh, we could actually use that in a travel agency. Now the travel agencies are using it. Yeah. And it's like, I wouldn't have thought of it, even thought of that. So, so for those that people are doing know, breast implants, <laughs> like they're using it, like so, for personal life. So, tell us what for those of us that, well, for for those of the audience that doesn't know what Yard Boy is, yeah. maybe tell them a bit about what it does. So, it's just an online app where you can just basically it's really quick. You can put your name, details, license, copy, and you sign a privacy act, and um, you can start the application straight away. 
And what does that do for, for you as the finance business? Oh, it just makes it easier for us. You know, we can get to the customer a lot quicker and yes, you know, customer satisfaction. And, and there's a quicker turnaround time too. They've got the money in their hand, they can go do what they want with it. Yeah, and I think that's what I was going to ask. Does that mean for them they get a, a quicker outcome or a yeah. better outcome? No, quicker outcome. Yeah. Really quick for them. And they get a good deal too, so it sort of worked out really, really well. And what's the next big thing for Finance Cam, do you think? Uh, next big thing is uh, we've put on a general manager named uh, Vishal Rupella. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got 15 years experience in the finance industry. Um, super, super nice guy. Very thorough, accounting background. And uh, just looks after people. Just He's just a relationship person, which is what Finance Cam's about, just relationships. Mm. You know, the money will follow if you're doing the right thing. So, you know. Mm. And you know, he's really good. And he's a really lovely guy. Good family man and uh, a couple of kids, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he's just trying to, yeah, make a difference. That's awesome. So if you'd like to know more about Finance Cam, um, you can head to financecam.com.au. Yeah. And what I like to do at the end of the show, Cam, is just close with, with a quote a little bit about advertising or marketing Mm -hmm. so this one today comes from david ogilvy and he said never stop testing and your advertising will never stop improving Mm. so you've been listening to the paperclip podcast presented by bsda we have one clear goal help you to become bigger you can learn more by heading to bsda.com.au but until next time keep growing